Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hi, uh, if we haven't met, my name is James Barris, and uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be here uh, today, obviously, and next week as well. Um, so it's a two-parter, and it's always a pleasure to come in on Wednesday morning to Sylvia's class and, and visit with you. Uh, besides just coming here and being with this community, I find I'm a lot more alert on a Wednesday, on a morning than often in the evening giving Dharma talks. So um, it's nice to see I have that side too. Um, Well, what I wanted to do for this this two-week period is explore topics that I've been looking at within my own practice and uh, sharing with people uh, in these last weeks and seem to be particularly uh, relevant to what we're going through. Uh, I would like to explore with you the topics of fear and trust. They work hand in hand because the more you understand fear the more you can open up to a deeper sense of trust and and faith. So hopefully you'll come back next week and not just, uh, (laughs) we won't leave you in fear today, but we'll explore it more deeply and move into into trust for uh, for next week. I want to start with a, a poem that I was sent among the many, many emails <clears throat> by uh, Rashani, a Sufi poet. There is a brokenness out of which comes the unbroken, a shatteredness out of which blooms the unshatterable. There is sorrow beyond all grief, which leads to joy, and a fragility out of whose depths emerges strength. There is a hollow space too vast for words through which we pass with each loss, out of whose darkness we are sanctioned into being. There is a cry deeper than all sound whose serrated edges cut the heart as we break open to the place inside which is unbreakable and whole while learning to sing. I still get shivers when when I read it. Copies, please. Yeah, I... I, Yes. Actually, um, it is, I think, on the Spirit Rock website uh, right now. I just put on, uh, a couple of days ago, 
that plus some links to um, to very um, rich articles by leading Buddhist teachers and thinkers on uh, response to what's going on. So just look at the Spirit Rock website. I, if it's not there today, uh, it should be there in the next day or so. So um, fear is uh, a quality that seems to be in the air, understandably, and predominant. You read it in the headlines and um, and it seems like something that, um, that is an obstacle, is a problem to our peace of mind, one would think. However, from the standpoint of the spiritual journey, fear is um, an essential issue for us to understand and come to terms with it really becomes a doorway to awakening. Because underneath all of our different confusions and hindrances, um, the, the bottom line is this sense of contraction, which is fear, which creates a self and a sense of disconnection and separation. And that if we can understand how it operates, and move to a place below the fear, deeper than the fear, our ground of being, then it moves into connection and love. You probably have heard the, uh, uh, the Jerry Jampolsky book. It's a wonderful book called Love is Letting Go of Fear. Well, the title pretty much says it, that when we can understand fear and not be in its grip because we understand it well, then when it's no longer operating, when it's no longer gripping us, then what's underneath, the love has a chance to shine through. And this is true in, uh, in Buddha Dharma as well as in many, probably all spiritual paths. If you're familiar with um, Joseph Campbell, I'm sure many of you are. He wrote a wonderful book, The Hero's Journey, where the hero or the heroine sets out on a sacred quest and goes through um, great hardship and comes to face to face with their demons and the great challenges, out of which emerges an inner strength and confidence and faith and trust, which is unshakable. Then they return home and, and share what they've, uh, what they've matured into, and they share their being. And in the uh, modern day version of that, the one that, when I, every time I say this, that comes to my mind that uh, perhaps you can relate to, is in uh, the Star Wars movies where uh, Luke Skywalker is getting trained by Yoda. If you remember The Empire Strikes Back, the second one, where he goes through his Dharma training, mm -hmm. crash course in, in, uh, in, in the Dharma and in deep wisdom, and where he really understands, where he 
um, graduates into a Jedi, if you recall, at some point Yoda's taught him everything he can, and then he says, and now you have to face your deepest fears. You have to face your demon. And he says, you have to enter into this cave, and the cave is an expression of his mind. And he goes in with his lightsaber, and there he meets the most terrifying things that his mind can come up with. Coming through that, coming out the other end, he uh, matures into a Jedi master. <clears throat> in, the, uh, in the Buddhist presentation of the development of, of awakening, there is one model called the Progress of Insight. Um, this is from uh, the Vasudhimaga Path of Purification commentaries on, on the, the uh, teachings in the Pali Canon. Uh, written by Buddha Gosa, and the, the progress, the development of insight has been, is distilled into uh, 16 different stages. And some of those stages, the beginning, you see through this, this form, and you see the components, the mind and matter, you see the aggregates, and then you notice how things are continually arising and then you notice the arising and passing of things and you really see for yourself how everything is changing and then and it's a very sweet and delicious experience that sometimes people feel that they're enlightened except it's called the corruptions of insight because you get attached to those states um, but then after you see the arising and passing of things then you start noticing the disappearance of things your mind inclines more towards that, and you see everything dissolving, which becomes very unnerving and unsettling and frightening. This is sometimes called rolling up the mat stage, where you just want to take your cushion and split. Because what comes after that disillusion, seeing of dis, not disillusion, but dissolution, um, the next stages are fear, terror, loathing, disgust, and then there's an urge for deliverance where you see there must be some deeper kind of happiness which leads to equanimity and certain stages of, of awakening. But you have to go through the fear and the terror before you come to terms with something deeper inside of you. you it's like you're, you touch a depth of inner strength as well that lets you know you can handle this too. And if I can find this passage, let's see, from Ajahn Chah. Yeah, here it is. Ajahn Chah, who is Jack Cornfield's teacher and Ajahn Sumedho's teacher, uh, very fabulous and uh, revered uh, Thai meditation master, his great exper transformative experience came when he touched his deepest fear. And it was uh, in a, he had been meditating for quite some time and, and a monk, and he had developed some sense of of wisdom and depth of practice and compassion, but he, he still saw fear inside of him. And what he saw, particularly, he was 
deathly afraid, terrified of ghosts, which is not uncommon in Thailand. So he decided to um, go to a cemetery and meet his demon. And this is a, 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 an account of it that appeared in Tricycle magazine. He went one night, I'll give you a shortened version, he went the first night and there was a, a burial of uh, a little boy. And he hung in there with it and he thought he felt the, the ghost of, of the boy and he just kind of gritted his teeth and, and uh, bore it. And by dint of his will, he just kind of guarded himself against the, the intensity of his fear. He made it through and he said, well, I made it through. But then he realized he didn't really open up to his fear. He was just kind of warding it off. And besides, it was just a little boy. So he decided to stay the next night and there was this big body of a man who was, um, who was being buried. And that was a whole different experience. I'll read you a little bit of the account. <clears throat> I don't know what it was. Uh, later in the afternoon, villagers brought, brought another corpse and cremated about 20 meters from Ajahn Chah's spot. I don't know what it was, but there came a sound of shuffling from the fire behind me. Had the coffin just collapsed? It sounded more like a buffalo walking steadily around. And then it started to walk towards me like a person. It must have been about a half an hour later when the footsteps started coming back. Ajahn Chah did not know what it was, but this fear and his belief in the existence of local spirits made him think of many possibilities. It got closer and closer, he said, until it stopped dead in front of me and just stood still. I felt as if it were waving burnt hands back and forth in front of my closed eyes. I forgot everything else. From the day I was born, I had never experienced such fear. The Buddha and the Dharma had disappeared. I don't know where. Ajahn Chah managed to regain his mindfulness and then he began to look inward to see where his fear lay. I sat as if I wasn't touching the ground and simply noted what was going on. The fear was so great that it filled me like a jar completely filled with water. If you pour water until the jar is completely full and then pour in some more, the jar will overflow. Likewise, the fear built up so much within me that it reached its peak and began to overflow. What am I so afraid of anyway? A voice asked inside me. I'm afraid of death, another voice answered. Well then, where is this thing, death? Why all the panic? Look where death abides. Why, death is within me. If death is within you, the voice said, then where are you going to run to escape it? If you run away, you die. If you stay here, you die. Wherever you go, it goes with you because death lies within you. There's nowhere you can run to. By investigating his fear, Ajahn Chah was able to deal with it effectively and this led to insight. As soon as I had thought this, my perception seemed to change right around. All the fear completely disappeared as easily as turning over one's own hand. It was truly amazing. Non-fear arose in its place. 
Now my mind rose higher and higher until it felt as if I was in the clouds. Fear can be a wonderful teacher if we know how to use it wisely. And in fact, in the, the Buddha's teaching, um, there is one list which might be one you're not familiar with of the many lists that there are. It's called Transcendental Dependent Arising, where there's a movement from samsara, from this wheel of birth and death, into awakening. And the beginning links, there are 12 links in it, and I'll just mention the first two because this is what we're talking about. Suffering can be a causative factor for faith. And usually when we think of suffering or when we deal with suffering, we think it will contract us more, create more disconnection, more confusion, maybe more embitteredness, maybe rage, maybe anger. But if it's held wisely, suffering, particularly fear, can be a causative factor for an opening. Because when, you're, when you've gone down as far as you can go, at some point, your mind can't comprehend it, and you just surrender. You just give up. You try to make some sense of it, and at some point you open up to the mystery. And we've all had experiences, or perhaps uh, uh, most of us, but we've all heard of experiences where coming right to the edge of what we thought we can handle opens us up. Some kind of tragedy, some kind of understanding around death, some kind of uh, diagnosis, something that shakes us out of our complacency into seeing another dimension of life. And in the tra this, this list, Transcendental Dependent Arising, where suffering can lead to faith and trust is when there's some body of teachings that can make some sense of it. When we're all alone and when we feel disconnected, it can easily lead to more fear and confusion. But when there's some way to hold it, and particularly support of others as well, like refuge in the Dharma, or refuge in Sangha, in community, that very frightening experience can lead to a real opening. In the last few weeks, we've all been shaken, haven't we? We've been shaken out of our complacency. That's one positive that comes from this. You know, thinking that the most pressing issue is, you know, maybe, uh, what am I going to do for this weekend or my next vacation or, you know, should I invest in this or should I, you know. Our priorities have tremendously shifted, right? And that's the good news. We're 
aware of our place in the world and we're aware of suffering in a way that we perhaps hadn't been before. We're perhaps getting our first taste of something that most every country has gone through. And it's painful. It's awful. It's scary. But out of that sleepwalking, we are starting to wake up to see a different dimension. And I don't know if you've noticed that, I, I, I bet you have, you know, that people are just a little bit more patient these days with each other, a little bit more connected, a little bit less isolated. You walk into a store and just people seem to be you know, a little bit less preoccupied with their own reality and just a touch more connected with everyone around them. Have you noticed that? Have you felt that? You know, most, most people are agreeing. You know, we're listening to the news in a different way. We're engaged where perhaps we had been more isolated before. So, <clears throat> as we explore fear, I would like us to take this on a personal level and reflect on how fear has been a teacher for us. Just thinking about, you can pick up a, a number of different instances. Remember one instance when I first started, um, when I was young and I started traveling on my own, uh, and I had never thought of being on my own before. You know, for me it was like, uh-oh, I don't have anything filled in my calendar and I'm not going to be with somebody this weekend. What, what shall I do? I was really frightened being on my own. And then I just decided when I was about 20, 21, I, I was a school teacher. I was about, yeah, 20, 22. I was a school teacher and we had the summers off and I decided I need to just travel and find out who I am because one of my friends had done it. And, and it's, I remembered saying, God, how can you do that? He just was, he went to Europe not knowing a soul. I said, gosh. And then I, as I, the more I thought about how frightening that would be for me, I decided I've got to do that. I just have to do it. And it scared the hell out of me. But once I got on that plane, my life changed. I found out who I was rather than the roles that people I knew expected me to be. And actually I went traveling every summer, usually to Europe or uh, other places. And it became, from the most frightening thing, it became the start of this great adventure. Wow, there's so much to discover here. If it wasn't a frightening experience at the beginning, I probably wouldn't have had that sense of inner strength and, and confidence that developed from it. So, before I, we go on, I would just like you to Go inside for a moment and close your eyes and think of some very significant time where fear was a teacher for you. Maybe a, a situation that seemed daunting or 
some encounter or some tragedy, something new. And notice how you were going into the situation. Remember how it felt being right there in the middle of it. And then get a sense of what you learned going through it and coming out the other side. How has fear been a teacher for you? What did you learn through going through it? Okay. Come up with something? Okay, now what I'd like you to do, this is a little bit departure from the usual format. <clears throat> well, I don't know what Sylvia does, maybe it's not. Uh, but I'd like to take about five minutes and I'd like you to turn to somebody near you and each take um, two and a half minutes or so. I'll let you know when it's halfway through and just share your experience. One person listens, another person uh, speaks. How fear has been a teacher for you? All right, will you please do that? Just find somebody right near you now. And ready, begin. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.